Hey, welcome to the Elite Fantasy Podcast on Wednesday, July 29th. I am your guy, Little Italy, and we're back and set to bring you the next set of teams as we continue this team preview marathon as we gear up for the 2020 NFL fantasy season. Today, we're going to look at two teams that offenses should offer us a plethora. Yeah, that's right. Busting out the big words on a Wednesday. (laughs) Plethora of fantasy options. Upsides, points, they offer it all. But as a reminder, these are just quick outlooks of what to expect this season when we look at these clubs. So head on over to theelitefantasy.com and check out our team guide. They'll give you an in-depth look, players to fade, target, paint, paints that vivid picture of what to expect. But before we get into that, let's take a look at the headlines around the NFL today. There are some big developments. First, Giants tackle Nate Solder has opted out of the 2020 season. That affects a line that wasn't very good last year. Nate himself wasn't very good. And keeping it in the NFC East, the Eagles had three players test positive for COVID-19 today. One being tackle Lane Johnson, who has come out and admitted that yes, he has tested positive, but he feels great, feels strong. He's ready to he'll be doing the going through the protocol or whatever they got in place there so we can get back with this team. Dolphins coach Brian Flores has stated that first round pick Tua Tunga Viola has passed his physical and pretty much that his hip is 100% and that means he's entering camp with zero limitations. So for Tua, the arrow's pointing up. In Detroit, the Lions have placed wide receiver Kenny Galladay and second-year tight end TJ Hawkinson on the reserve COVID-19 list. This means they've either tested positive or have come in contact with somebody who has it. And then the big one. Damian Williams has informed the Kansas City Chiefs he is opting out of the 2020 season. Clyde Edwards Hilaire owners rejoice because the kids' stock just went through the freaking roof. That's right. This move this news makes Clyde an instant top 10 back for fantasy. And we have him ranked nine now. Now before the news broke, he was 17th in our redraft. So he is now um, the ninth running back that should have come off the board. That would make him an early second round pick right around that one-two turn, right around the 14th pick overall. So, dynasty owners and now redraft owners, things are looking up. But, let's shift gears and get back to what we're here to talk about today, and that's the Atlanta Falcons and the Arizona Cardinals. And we're going to start by looking at the Arizona Cardinals.
coming into 2020, everyone, especially your grandmothers, know that Kyler Murray is a breakout, top breakout candidate. This is because he enjoyed that solid rookie season that seen him finish seventh at the position. But the thing we got to look into, into that number, and the important number we got to know is the consistency these players show week to week. So yes, he finished seventh overall at the position, but as far as weekly scoring, he actually finished 14th. So that illustrates that there was inconsistencies week to week. He'll have good weeks, he'll have bad weeks. We want us we want that weekly base, you know, point finish. We want that to be top 10. That's where this consistency wins fantasy championships. You know, we've seen quarterbacks that were more consistent. For, for example, we Matthew Stafford, prior to him going down, he was more consistent than Kyler Murray. I do think this um, production week to week will level off now, now that he has that elite wide receiver and Hopkins coming over. So this consistency in the passing game should be more steady, we'll say, on a week-to-week basis. Kyler uses his legs. He's not afraid to run. So he he adds that upside. The thing with Kyler is, though, he is being taken as the third quarterback off the board in redraft leagues, and I think that's a mistake. I will not be in on Kyler Murray. I think he is overvalued this season. There is no value on his upcoming breakout. Uh, he, He should not be going before Dak Prescott or Russell Wilson. He should not. Deshaun Watson, I could see him coming before Deshaun. I would actually take Kyler before Deshaun because I like the offense as a whole better. But I'm still not in on Murray just because the value isn't there. Ideally, I'd like to take him in the eighth. There's no way in hell he's last until the eighth. But projection-wise, I got him thrown for 4,125 yards, 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I got him adding 460 on the ground for an additional five rushing touchdowns. So it will be solid, but I I would much rather – I like to get that value at the position, and he's going way too early for my liking. Another guy on the team that, I, in my opinion, he's going way too early at the end of the first round, Kenyon Drake. Ah, I can't do it. I, I think he's a stand-up dude. He's shown his weekly upside – but he's also showed his weekly downside. He's quite possibly the most polarizing player entering this season. Many are high, many are skeptic. It's easy to remember the big games with Drake. Just remember the first game he had against San Francisco Francisco after the trade from Miami. He blew up. Everyone was loving him, and he had some good weeks after that as well. It, 
he has these he has these moments, but then he gets into you look at weeks ten through fourteen last year. He ranked thirty four thirty first, excuse me, at the position in terms of weekly finishes. During that span he finished twenty one, eighteen, forty four, and thirty five. This is the inconsistency that has me worried. And when you're selecting someone in the first, even the second round, you want upside, yes, but you also want a safe, consistent floor. Which he proves he does not have. So for that reason, I am out on Drake and his current ADP. I would much rather have a Miles Sanders over him. Let your opponents reach and take him first because when they reach, they let value fall to you and value wins championships. Passing game. DeAndre Hopkins comes into the fold. Hopkins was the target monster in Houston. I do see his targets in that volume dropping now that he finds himself on an offense that is very deep at the position. They have really six, was it from one to five at least on the death chart, guys that could be weekly starters. They really do. You got Hopkins, you got Kirk, you got Fitzgerald, you got Isabella, you got Butler, you got Keyshawn Johnson. All these guys could be fantasy assets. And it's perfect because Kingsbury likes to run that 14 personnel, which is go four wide, stretch the field, stretch the defense, and then they attack you, either Kyler with his legs or Drake. Creates massive lanes. They started the season last year running this personnel, but then they had to switch gears because they run this because of the tight end position. They don't have a tight end worth even discussing here. But Hopkins, I do see leading this team in targets. I got him projected for, what is it, 140 targets. It's a healthy number. A lot of times these elite 10, I'll call it, are going to be target monsters. So, you know, your Devontae Adams, your Godwins, your Hills, a lot of these guys are going to dominate targets on their team. And like I said before, Hopkins has always been that target monster. So the 27% target share is fair here, even though, like I said, his volume will not be as great as it was in Houston. I... In my opinion, I think he's right along the lines of Murray and Drake. I think he's being slightly overvalued. Give me that Julio Jones over him. Give me a Kenny Galladay over him. Yeah, Kenny Galladay, I'd take over him. Absolutely. Kirk, I, I would have... Oh, projections, I, I do have Hopkins catching 85 for 1,195 yards and nine touchdowns. Now, Kirk comes in next in our projections. I have him ranked 49th. I have him catching 58 balls for 795 and five scores. Fitzgerald, 64 grabs, 655 and four. 
I have Kirk projected with 90 targets, which is under the 100 he saw last season. But with Hopkins there, it hurts him in that department slightly, but it helps him in terms of he will not see that number one coverage. We've seen what Will Fuller was able to do opposite Hopkins. Fuller had big games, massive games. Now, he and Kirk are very different players, but Kirk has showed us upside. Remember back to Week 10 last season against Tampa. He destroyed that defense. He had a monster game. And I think he could have a few games like that playing opposite Hopkins. Fitzgerald, he's not a target of mine. I love Larry, but at this stage of his career, I'm done. I'm out on him. I want to see how much Isabella has worked in here. He's a fast kid. He Remember that long touchdown he caught and ran against San Fran last year? He's got some upside. I, I, I'd like to see him. He was a, He's projected to be a very good slot receiver. Butler as well. He needs to be worked in. And like I said, with no tight end of value here, I think we're going to see a lot of four wide receiver sets. Now let's switch gears and go take a look at the Atlanta Falcons. Let's start with Matty Ice. Matt Ryan comes in ninth in our redraft rankings. I got him projected thrown for 4,500 yards, 28 touchdowns. He doesn't offer a lot on the ground with his legs, but he is good for at least two rushing touchdowns a year. He'll, he'll, he'll dive, you know, he'll reach for that goal line when he's down in there. The thing with Matt Ryan is we know what we're getting. He's solid in fantasy production, both for himself as well as his pass catchers. He's not going to be remembered as a generational player by no means, but he's going to be remembered as a very consistent guy. Year in and year out. We know what we're going to get with Matt. You know you know he's going to throw for over 4,000 yards. You can ink that in, hands down. Ink it, seal it, done. And you can pencil in 4,500 yards because he's he, he's got that ceiling. He's got that upside. He's in a heavy passing offense, and it bodes well for him. He's... Seen 5,000 yards, he's a, he's a very solid, safe quarterback. You look back to 2018, everyone was down on him because of his 2017 performance. But he does that. He'll have a down year where we'll be out, and then he'll be back, we'll be back in the next year. Well, 2017, not very good. He still was okay fantasy-wise. You know, he's still 15 option, but... 2018, I actually grabbed him somewhere, I want to say it was like the 12th round, 12th or 13th round as my quarterback. I waited out everybody. And what's he get me? He gets me a second place quarterback finish at the position. Can you believe that? And here's the kicker. The very round after that, I got Patrick Mahomes. So in 2018, I drafted the number one and the number two quarterback, and I lost in the championship. Oh, kill me. Hated it. 
and went against Antonio Brown in that Saints game. Oh, went against him and Ertz. Ertz had a big week as well. Oh, and he had Christian McCaffrey, the kid I was playing with too. Brutal. That was my arch nemesis. I'll never mm. – that's a bad beat. That is a bad beat right there. I'm bitter. Anyways, let's get back on track here. I think he's a solid back-end quarterback one entering this season. Like I said, I got him ninth. He's not a sexy pick by any means, but he's that safe, solid pick. He fits that old, fruitful strategy we talk about. He's the old. But the thing with Matt is, I like like to target quarterbacks from 10th round on. He's being taken in the 8th, ninth round in a lot of cases, so he's not going to be there. But if he is, he would be my first choice at that old option. And as far as his pass catchers, Julio Jones, he's awesome. He has finished top two in receiving yards every season since 2015. In 2014, he finished outside the top two. You want to know where he finished? Third. Come on. That is consistency, folks. He is so good. The only knock we know or have about Julio is he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. I think it's dirt cutter because his first stint in Atlanta, Julio couldn't score either. Then he leaves and he goes to Tampa to be the head coach. Julio starts scoring touchdowns. And then Cutter comes back and now his touchdowns go down again. It's whatever. He's still an elite option. I have him projected to lead the league in passing yards this year or receiving yards this year. I really do. I got him projected for 1,425 yards, 6.5 touchdowns. So I'm going to go with the six on this one. I got him with 100 receptions. He should have a very, very healthy target share. And in my personal rankings, I have him ranked second, just behind Michael Thomas, right ahead of Devontae Adams. Now, Calvin Ridley, who's going to be playing opposite him, comes in 12th in my rankings. 82 catches, 1,090 yards, 8 touchdowns. He has that touchdown upside that Julio lacks. We already saw him have double-digit touchdown seasons. He's He regressed last year in that department, yes, but he did have positive regression in yards Overall, with one fewer reception, his air yards increased. It increased from nine four. It went from nine forty five to one thousand two hundred sixty three, which is a three yard increase in A dot two, which is very good. Because the deeper the target, the more yards you will likely have. So it's promising, because I I do see. Him being very effective in this offense this season. What he did in 2018 was unsustainable because he he had a lot of the long touchdowns. And those things are, there's no way. You could be the best player in the world and they're very hard to sustain. I do see him with eight touchdowns, like I said. 
I have him 82 catches. The thing we have to watch with Ridley is, is his value on draft day. Currently going late 4th, early 5th. If he begins to creep up the boards further and finds himself into the, like the third round, I don't think it offers much value. I would much rather target a guy like Robert Woods and Adam Thielen at that point. I would rather have those two guys over Ridley any day. Because, like I said, it, it, it's it's frustrating to owners because, you know, you you got a guy that you see is going to be a value and you have a good feeling about him. And, like, the rest of the industry is not quite there yet. But then, you know, as we get closer to the season, then this hype train chugs along. Like we talked about with Deontay Johnson. You know, these guys... They get hyped up, and then their ADP gets pushed way up further than it should be. It's frustrating as all hell, but it's the name of the game. And like I said with Johnson, it's okay. If if you're not comfortable taking a guy you think his ADP is not a value, you don't got to take him, and you shouldn't take him. You you don't need every guy that you like. Let someone else reach. Remember that. Let your competition reach because value will fall to you. Now, the other the other thing we see is at the tight end position, there's a change. Austin Hooper is gone. He's in Cleveland. The team goes and trades for Hayden Hurst. I really like Hayden Hurst. And his ADP and the hype hasn't caught up yet. I mean, there's talk all around. You hear Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is going to be the sleeper of the year, sleeper of the year, Hayden Hurst. And his ADP is still pretty late. And I hope it stays that way for another couple of weeks until we get all our drafts in. I took him in a that Dynasty Staff League. I took him. You bet your ass I took him. And I'm very happy with it. I think he's going to assume a lot of those vacated targets. I'm very high on him. I'm ranked 7th entering 2020. His value is great. And like I said, he can be had much later than, say, Darren Waller and Tyler Higby, who offer that same upside and floor combination as Hurst. I think Hurst is better than Hooper in terms of skill and just as an overall athlete. So for those of us who like to wait at the position, Hurst is the target in drafts this summer. Go out, target him. He's not going to let you down. As long as he stays healthy, I think him and uh, Ryan are going to have a good year. and I, I solidly think he's going to be pushing for top five fantasy finish at the position this year. That brings us to the running back. Devonta Freeman is out. Old Todd Gurley and his rickety knees are in. I know, that's a terrible joke. Poor Todd. The thing is, he comes to Atlanta in hopes to, you know, reboot his career in a way. Now, it wasn't his knees last year that made Gurley look bad. It was his line. His offensive line was terrible. But Atlanta's line isn't much better. And it's clear looking at Gurley's tape, he himself 
he's not the same back that he was when he was lighting up fan the fantasy world on fire. He wasn't. He's not that guy anymore. Gurley is more of a downhill power explosive runner, or let's say a momentum runner, as we can call it. Now, last season, Gurley didn't have that explosion, which is a cause for concern for us. See, he doesn't possess that natural shiftiness or elusiveness that great backs tend to have. He he was able to make up for these lapses in his run game by contributing as a pass catcher. But last season, he seemed to even lack that agility needed to make him effective in that area as well. Let me put that in perspective a bit. In 2017, when Gurley had that 2,000-yard season and ranked fifth, he ranked fifth in yards per route run. This past year, he ranked dead last in that same category. This doesn't bode well for him in 2020. The problem for the Falcons is there really aren't any capable runners behind him. You have Ito Smith. He, he, he's proven he cannot be relied upon week in and week out to be that team starter. This entire backfield, in my opinion, is a fade entering 2020. Yes, Gurley does offer some value on draft day. He's not that sexy pick. I do think he'll be... I think his touchdowns will be okay. I think this team is very good getting into the red zone. I think Gurley will score a lot of, you know, I don't want to say a lot of touchdowns. I got him projected for six on the ground, two two in the pass game. I got him catching 50 balls for 360 yards. I have him rushing for under 800 yards. But I'm not actively targeting him. I am actually... The only players I'm truly in love with on this squad, Hayden Hurst, Julio Jones, and Matt Ryan. Ridley, like I said, his value's climbing. He's not going to be a value in a couple weeks, I guarantee it. And Gurley, I just think he's, I think he's washed. Not so much his knees, but the offensive line and just this lack of explosiveness is just a, it's just a buzzkill for Todd Gurley. So there we have it. There's two more previews we put to bed. We can cross off the Falcons. We can cross off the Cardinals off our list of teams to cover. Next time, we're going to look at two teams I'm very excited about for the upcoming season. We're going to look at the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to look at the Denver Broncos. Be sure to head over to EliteFantasy.com and check out all our content we have to offer. It's free. Yes, that's right. As a way to help with these trying COVID stricken times, we at the Elite Fantasy are opening up the site for free in 2020 for the entire season. You're welcome. So head on over and use this to give us a test drive, test driver services all the way to a championship and dominate in your leagues. Trust me, you won't be sorry. We are quickly becoming the fastest growing site in the industry and just go over there and see why. We have a great fantasy assistant tool we just launched. This thing is awesome. What you do is you go you go to the fantasy assistant page and you type in the form. You ask your question, you submit it. Okay, what this fantasy assistant assistant does is it then directs your question to the staff. Whichever staff it 
staff member it feels is going to answer your question the best in the most timely fashion, we do this. So we'll direct it right to our phones, right to our computers. We get it any time of day, any time of night. We'll get it. We'll shoot it right back to you. So those time-sensitive questions about trades or your waiver wire is about to you know, run and you want to know about picking up somebody, shoot us a question. This thing is amazing. So go over and give it a try. You won't be disappointed. So that'll do it for the Elite Fantasy Podcast. I am your guy, Little Italy, and I'm out.